0: This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share.
1: Amen. So, um, thank you for all of you who prayed for us for Friday in Parliament. Um, we uh, saw God move in such a great way. So, so many tears of repentance. I've, I've asked Villio, Willio, come here. Uh, he went with us and Rudey and some other people, um, <clears throat> just to see what God was doing, just to share His perspective a little bit with us, and um, then I'll say some one or two more things. Amen. Good morning, church.
0: Um, so yeah, we had the massive privilege of being in Parliament on Friday um, to pray and so forth, and yo, it was really, it was very significant um, for me, even just to be there to see everything happening, because um, in the past week you know leading up to going to parliament i was praying and like seeking the lord and constantly in my spirit the words blood wash south africa just kept on coming in my spirit and when we got there we literally repented for three hours um and the other significant thing is just the hall we were in um that's where the all the laws in apartheid were initially passed and signed in that very hall where we were assembled um and to be able to be there and to just see the humility in everybody coming to intercede all the leaders, many Christian leaders from South Africa. But just saying really that, sure Lord, um, asking for forgiveness and saying, Father God, forgive us, forgive us. Um, we have sinned against you, forgive us, come and heal our land. Um, that was that was really amazing. And just the humility of the leaders again to know that as much as it's we are in Parliament, um, the main focus or the guest of honor is Jesus. And um, that... It's his name that we're lifting high over South Africa, so it was really significant. So, thank you for everybody that that prayed and so forth. Amen.
1: Thanks, Vilia. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, so we went into the old assembly, and um, God opened doors for us to go in there. There was about two hundred and fifty Christian leaders um, from all areas of of life, and and it was amazing. The the praise. Uh, lots of the prayers were worked out before the time and and there was for the first time repentance for a lot of things white to black black to white indian colored to to different groups where people would actually come up and pray and repent of very specific things and then uh, even another race group would come up and say we forgive you we release you the business people and um Yeah, so God moved in in such an amazing way. They were like politicians, ministers of parliament, of all the different groups, of all the different political parties. Uh, But that was sort of, you know, the the meeting was started with everybody, let's lay down our crowns, because there's only one uh, that can wear the crown here, and that was Jesus. And um, so everybody left their honorable and their this, and uh, there was... um, the Prince Butalezi was there, and lots of different people, and heads of, of of parties, and yeah. So God really, really moved. So we want to want to thank you, and we want to ask you to keep on praying for our nation. This is the most critical time um, that God actually opened the door. It, it's um, it's. Uh, I have to share this little testimony when um, since the beginning of of the year there was a specific um, MP that that sort of bugged me and said hey you must come to parliament and about four weeks ago I whatsapped him and I said I don't know why but I feel the 24th of November we need to be in parliament and um and so a couple of people actually WhatsApped him in those two days and just said the 24th we need to be in the 24th of November we need to be in parliament and and straight after I WhatsApped him about 20 minutes later um Angus WhatsApp me and said I hey, um we need to be in parliament on the 24th of November you know and uh, so he cleared his schedule just to be there and then actually the next day he flew with um Kenneth Meshu from the ACDP in the um And the airplane, they were sitting next to each other and and then they were busy talking and they said the 24th of November. So it's amazing when God just brings stuff together. There was obviously some people that wanted an interfaith movement and all that stuff. And that was actually a miracle because eventually we ended up being in the old assembly hall where all the laws were passed. I was literally sitting next to the place where Favut was stabbed and where all that. And at the end of the meeting, we, we could go in and sign a peace treaty on behalf of all the Christian leaders from different denominations. And yeah, it was uh, God really moved. And we, we're so full of faith for for what God wants to do in our nation. Uh, but it's only when my people humble themselves, repent and pray and seek my face and um, turn from the wicked ways. Amen. So thank you. I, I hope you're excited as we are. Um, because of what God is going to do and what he's busy doing. And then the greatest miracle is, um, we left part, we were supposed to leave parliament at 4 PM for the, for the airport to, to get Um Angus back. And, um, hallelujah, we left at 20 to five and the plane left at, uh, 530, 50 minutes later. Google maps said you'll drive an hour and 10 minutes. So we prayed, Lord, open the Red Sea, and uh, he made it in two minutes. I don't know. I felt a bit like a taxi driver at some stages, but th- thank you for your prayers, because <laughs> we went through the traffic, and uh, it just literally opened up before us, you know, and it was, it was crazy how we even made it in time, because uh, I was just seeing Tony Joel's face before me and say, hey, she told me you must be back in time, so I thought, like, hallelujah. And, um, and when, when he says five minutes preaching it 's twenty minutes preaching okay then it 's just five minutes with the introduction, um, but it 's so amazing to meet some Christian people in parliament and this is um, the last in this part of this the series um, where we 're talking about you know do not be afraid, you know God has not given us a spirit of fear and, um, and it 's actually out of this this week 's um, you know sort of some connection with some people and um, you know, it's, and I've entitled the message, In His Presence. In His Presence. To be in the presence of God. Um, you know, we we don't need an event to be in God's presence. He said He will never leave us nor forsake us. He said to His disciples, I, I will be with you even to the ends of the age. And, um, you know, going to, to some of these... Um, honorary people, and we must have, a, have respect for leaders, uh, people in parliament, scripture says we must pray for them. And um, it was amazing walking down the corridors now before this meeting and going into some of these uh, people's offices and some of the, you know, all the names we see in the news. Uh, when you walk through that place, it's it's like, it's like almost you, you're struck with this, wow, there's history here. <laughs> history happened in this place you almost i don't know if you if you like that if you go sometimes to a museum or i'm not a big museum fan any museum fans you know um art fans hallelujah i look at the first art and i think like oh my god it all looks the same you know hallelujah you know (laughs) so i'm not this arty type of people i I don't naturally uh, reverence things you know in 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 sort of worldly things, but some people have the music and the art and this stuff and they can for hours be you know, amazed by that. Donnie and them, they do birds, you know, so they sit there in this little bird cage and watch the birds fly around and for hours and they say, No, this is little chirpy chirp and this is little and they give all these fancy names, you know, I'll just shoot the birds. I'll do something different. Sorry for the you know, but so so I think I'm just too impatient. To, um, to sort of really sit there and watch everything, you know, while life goes by, just like, you know, stare at the thing and say, oh, that looks like a real pink. But because I'm a bit colorblind as well, so I can't see the pink, you know. Um, but so, um, <clears throat> walking down the corridors here of Parliament and all this stuff, it's almost like you, you, you're a bit overwhelmed by, by the history, about You know, you think like, wow, sitting here where these people were passing all these laws and this was with, with the president's office and this place. And, um, you, you almost have a sense of awe, a sense of being overwhelmed by the, by the moment just because of history. Now, um, for us as Christians and, and as the charismatic church especially, um, I think one of our biggest challenges is familiarity with God, when we become familiar with the things of God. So what we do is we put in a CD in the car and here we drive and then it's like worship music, but it almost becomes background. It almost becomes like, yeah, 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 I'm, I'm continuing. Or sometimes we're in church and we sing songs, but we our mind is all over the place. And yeah, we know we're going to sing two songs and then maybe three. And then yeah, at the third song, oh, you know, I must focus. And then we start to focus. And, um, it's, it's almost sometimes as, as if we become familiar and we sort of have become event-orientated in our Christianity. Um, and we say, yes, when I'm going to be at small group, that's where the manifest presence is going to be. And, and that is important, especially gathering like here, This morning, because there's just something different when the people of God come together. God says he'll have his abiding presence, but then there will be his manifest presence. And his manifest presence is never known in Scripture really in the context of an individual. It's always where God gathers his people or God prepares an individual to gather his people to himself, like Moses on Mount Sinai. He says, I'm going to reveal myself to you so that you can be prepared to prepare my people. So God's manifest presence is really different, but I'm talking about God's abiding presence in our lives, and it is so important that um, we don't become familiar, or we just sort of become ignorant of the presence of God, but we, we begin to value it. It's like when you say you're going to go to parliament, or when you walk down those corridors, and you think like, or you walk into that general assembly, and then it's just like, whoa, history, you know? Whoa! Favut was here, and this one was sitting there, and this is what happened, and this is where all these laws were passed. You almost, in a sense, you 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 awestruck because you haven't been there before, and now it's the first time you're going to that place. You see all these leaders, all these people you meet. You know, uh, when we walked into Prince Butte-lese's, um office, and he's a Christian, he's a born again Christian. You know, he was just sitting there weeping, um, saying thank you. I was I was looking forward to. To, to meet you and to be with you and we pray together and he's eighty nine years old but he's like a statesman you know you walk into his presence you suddenly like sure you know you have, have respect you have reverence now when we talk about God's presence sure the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords the King of Kings. And the Lord of Lords. So even when we read scripture and when we open up the word, I remember being in a, in a Muslim country and um, one of the guys uh, with us on the team took, took the Bible and he, and he was standing and he threw the Bible on the table. And, and as I looked around, I just saw all the Christians there that, that were Muslim, everyone went like... <gasps> And I thought, like, oops. Because for a Muslim, for instance, if you have the Quran, you're not allowed to take, put the Quran under your waist. They're always lifted up. They're always carried. They're always like, because it's the holy word of God, their God. And when they become Christian, you can, you can almost see them, especially in the Middle East, and the persecuted countries. They will, they will many times come into a meeting holding the word of God. And they'll just, it's the most precious, the the most precious gift, the most precious thing that they have is the Word of God. I remember meeting up with this little nine-year-old boy that um, would, every morning, 2 a.m., go into the kitchen, pull down the, the, the tablecloth. And sit with a little torch for four hours and read the Bible. Because they value the word of God. If if you have the word of God, that's like the most precious possession you have. I spoke to a guy the, the other day and um and he was and I'm just gonna share a lot of testimonies this morning. Are oh, you right? Okay, because I want us to 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 re, remove this this familiarity with God thing, you know. Um and they Translating the Bible into to many different languages, and um, and especially with the internet today, it is amazing. You know, they can people go can go online that don't have a physical Bible. They go online, and then he says he would many times um, just sit through the night, and then they'll have. Because what they can do is they can track where people open up the apps in what nations, and then um, in the Middle East. The Bible online is read the most between 1 a.m. and 7 a.m. And so he said he'll sit with the world map and then he'll see how all the lights go on. Because it will give a little dot where people open up the Bible. And he says then it will come so strong in the Middle East. Especially when there's women, a lot of women that get saved. They'll they'll, 1 a.m. in the morning when everybody's gone to bed. They'll go somewhere, open up their Bible apps, and then they'll read it. And it says it will just grow stronger as the night goes through the night. Because they don't care about sleep. Five, six hours in the Word of God. But see, we have ten Bibles lying around at home. And sometimes it just gathers dust. (laughs) Because we become familiar. It's just, yeah, yeah. Done that, been there, read the Word of God to. I want to challenge us to, to, to think about what we have and who we are serving. Because when we come into the presence of God, it's, it's, it's the most amazing thing that you have, is to have the presence of God and the Word of God in your life. Amen. Can you say amen? That was a good place to say amen. But see, we, we become familiar, and familiarity starts with you and I assuming the right. It's called Entitlement. You and i and that's that 's the buzzword in the world is everybody is entitled to something hey i 'm entitled to this i 'm entitled to that so so what begins to happen if we have a sense of consumerism and entitlement, then we just assume I have the right to have something uh, isn 't that what we do in our in our relationships sometimes in our marriage? you just assume that that husband of yours is going to wash the dishes or that lady is going to do that, you know, or that. We, we just assume certain things. We take it for granted and then we sort of become, it becomes the normal in our lives. <laughs> and I've, I've told you this story when we, um, let me first read the scripture because I've got lots of stories to tell. Are you, are you with me this morning? Okay. Psalm 16 verse 11. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. I I love David. I love how David related to God. Sometimes he would go into the temple and he would go and eat the bread that was completely out of the law, completely non-negotiable. Don't go there, David. And then all the priests would go, Oh, he's gonna be struck dead, you know, and then he comes out alive with probably a smile on his face. (laughs) He says, I was hungry, and I went into the presence of God, you know. No, 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 but that was against protocol. That was not the three songs and the seven work yourself up and the seven rules of getting in there. And he's like, oh, you know. But Listen to what he says. You will show me the path of life. It means there are many other paths, paths of this world, the path of your own will. There are many other paths that you and I can choose to travel, but you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. So if we talk about a fullness of joy, it also means there's half measures of joy, and there's quarter measures of do- joy, and there's a tenth of joy. You can, find a, you can find sort of, let's rather say, happiness in the world. You we can find a lot of joy with our friends. We can, there's, there's, there's a lot of different measures of joy, but it says in your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand, our pleasures forevermore. And so, so we have this picture of, of God's presence, and how, how David draws near to God, and he says, "This, this, this Lord is where I want to be. I want to be in your presence." He wrote it, and he said, "You know to be in your presence is better than one moment in your presence is better than a thousand outside." He says, "I've, I've come to behold the beauty of the Lord in the presence of God." But see, when, when we come into God's presence, there's, there's a beauty. We are attracted. Do you know that God is beautiful? There's just something that, that rubs off on us. There's just something when, the, when we come close to God. And I remember with one of my daughters, when they were small, I, I came to work. I was still working as a financial manager. And I, and I remember the morning when I was just walking around and everybody was like staring at me. Then they would look into my face, Herbie, and then they will just like... Look away. And I was thinking like, what's wrong with all these people? And then some people come and and they look at me and they'll begin to stare at my nose and they'll begin to look. And I think like, what's wrong? There must be something wrong with me, you know? And um, and so everybody at work that day was just like getting to frown and then they'll see I look at them and they look away, you know? (laughs) So eventually I went to the bathroom and I think like, what's wrong? Is my nose skewed, whatever? Then I realized that my whole face is full of glitter. Because that morning before I went to, to, to work, my daughter and I were like playing together and I was like hugging her and she was obviously playing with glitter and she was full of glitter. You know, the whole pot of glitter went out and my whole face was full of glitter. I can just imagine some of the people at work, what did he do last night, you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what club or f- party did he go to? You know, <laughs> what's his what's second personality? You know, <laughs> Cause you but you can see almost people like look at and then they look like oh, there's something wrong with him. You know, <laughs> but isn't it amazing? You know, when we behold, when we when you look at somebody, when you look at God, the Bible says, "Behold the beauty of God." When you when you when you come into those moments, when you look into the eyes of God. When you, when you see who he is, he says, you will show me the path of life. In Acts chapter 3, it's a part of the sermon for one of the first sermons. He says, but those things which God foretold by the mouth of all his prophets that the Christ would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. Repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. So that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. And, and we see this theme running through scripture, this sort of this river of God. He says that times of refreshing can come from the presence of the Lord. I, I think all of us this time of the year, you know, and, and in our nation, we need, all need times of refreshing. But the news is that it doesn't come from your nice holiday that you've planned. It, it doesn't come from the two weeks that maybe you're going to go somewhere or maybe just stay at home and you don't need to go to work. You can have the most miserable time at home or just away from work and get frustrated with your family and with what they do, what they say, and what they eat and what they don't eat. But times from, of refreshing only comes from the presence of God. And he says, once you've repented, once you've sort of turned back to God, it's almost like a river that's flowing, <laughs> And I remember having a dream one day, and this dream was was a very simple dream, but I remember I was carrying these two big um <clears throat> sort of containers of water and um and this, I was just carrying it and carrying my 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 shoulders were sore, and my my whole body was beginning to ache and I was walking up this hill. And the dream was, I remember still waking up sweating. I don't know how that works, you know, that you dream about something and you sweat about the hard work that you did, but you were just lying in your bed, you know. But so I was, I was carrying these two 10-liter or 15-liter containers and I was walking up this hill. And uh, the Lord asked me, why are you working, why are you working so hard? And uh, when I got over the hill... There was this massive, beautiful river, just a gushing river flowing. And then the Lord asked me, but why do you, why do you think your water can add to my river that's already flowing? And I, I repented. <laughs> I said, God, but refreshing doesn't come from the little tricks I do or the little things I do. Refreshing comes from the throne room of God. Go and read Revelations. It says there's a river flowing from underneath the throne of God Jesus said hey if you are heavy laden my yoke is easy my burden is light he says come drink come and and buy with money that you don't have (laughs) he says come and drink from the water and he said that in John chapter 4 to this lady at the well as well he said hey the lady at the well as well okay that's um he said come whenever you drink of this water you will never thirst again You will never thirst again. And then he said, this water, it will become in you a fountain that springs up into everlasting life. Whoa. Times of refreshing from underneath his throne. Let me throw you another scripture here. Isaiah 40 verse 28. One that we quote so many times. But I'm going to just, we like the verse 31, but let's just get it a bit in context have you not known have you not heard the everlasting god the lord the creator of the ends of the earth neither faints neither faints nor is weary his understanding is unsearchable so sure, that's a whole sermon just on its own he doesn't faint and he doesn't get weary <laughs> His understanding is unsearchable. There's, there's not a beginning and an end to God. Do you know that everything in this world that you and I know has a beginning and an end? Everything we sit on, our life begins somewhere, ends somewhere. Our day begins, ends. But with God, He's not got no beginning and He's got no end. So our mind does not, cannot bring down this omniscient, omnipresent, almighty God. And that's why it says, the creator of the ends of the earth. Apparently there's a guy that's now saying that the earth is really flat and he's going to go into a thing, you know, and he's going to prove to the world now that it's all a conspiracy theory. And I am thinking, like, yeah, okay, get a life, get yourself busy, you know, because yeah, it's rather think of, you know, God's unending, just mercy. And, but I love this part. He says, he gives power to the weak and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fail. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. It's not in the context of doing a lot of things, it's in the context of waiting. It's in the context, and you know that mostly the Bible, when the Bible talks about the principle of waiting on God, it's actually an active verb. It's not a, oh, 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 you know, empty yourself. Do you know that even the principle of meditation is all about filling? It's not about emptying. It's, yes, about getting the world and the voices of the world out there just to be quiet. But when we talk about meditation, it's to fill yourself with the Word of God. It's to be consumed by God. It's to be overwhelmed by God. It's to spend time in Scripture. And that's why I want to challenge you. Read the Scripture out loud. You know, take the Scripture with you. Do, you know, get into the presence of God because it's an act of seeking. And he says, when you seek me, you will find me. With all of your heart, you, you will find me. Isn't that an amazing promise? I think the number one challenge for Christians today, and especially charismatic Christians, is what is the will of God for my life? How do I hear the voice of God? Because a lot of us live principled lives and value-driven lives, and it's beautiful because we are good Christians. But if you would walk up to the average Christian and say, what's God's will for your life right now, then... um, They'll say, well, I'm not 100% sure. I must be a good Christian. I say, well, that's not good enough. Goodness doesn't qualify you. Faith and obedience qualifies you. And that's why God wants us to to spend time in his presence in the next couple of weeks in your life. You have to take time off. I want to challenge you on the 1st of January. Just don't rush and overeat yourself and run around take at least one or two hours, just you and God. I know there's children as well, lock them up somewhere, give them sweets, I don't know what, you know? (laughs) Wake up at 12 or do something. But but take effort and time to consecrate the beginning of your year to God. Because those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Note those who rush in and out of the presence of God. And we are the generation that is the most distracted We are the generation that's the most most biblical, illiterate generation. Why? Because we want everything to be a quick fix. We want to have a quick sermon, a quick this, a quick that. But you have to wait. You have to learn to wait. Because the presence of God, it's it's just about what you value. It's about that time apart. You know, they say about some of the great um, men and women of God. Some you know that had nine children. I don't know how they did it, <laughs> but they would sit in the kitchen and just throw the apron on over their head and just pray to God. Yeah, yeah, but we're busy. Was Jesus busy? Yeah. But how often do we read in the scriptures he took time aside to hear, Father, not my will, but your will be done. Not my will, but your will be done. And this is what's beautiful about this scripture. It says, those who wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. It means that you and I are going to get tired. We're going to wear out sometimes. We're going to get discouraged. Sometimes you're going to feel very unsaved. Think like, whoa, I'm the worst Christian ever. I don't even read my Bible. Because you're going to have times when you feel discouraged. Sometimes when the devil comes knocking on your door. Sometimes when the devil wants to sift you like wheat, like with Peter, then Jesus says, don't worry, Peter, I've prayed for you. You're going to make it. Why? Because I'm with you. And I think that's the paradigm that you and I need to shift. It's not I'm not trying to please God. I'm not trying to get to God. I'm not trying to be a good Christian. He is with me. And He will not leave me nor forsake me. So even in that time when it's tough, even in that time when the depression wants to come and stuff wants to knock, then He's right there. He's in the boat. <laughs> sure. Thank you for those three amens. You must go and read Isaiah chapter six because it's a beautiful encounter where Isaiah encounters with God. We encounter God, and the first thing that he sees is you see how big God is. When we wait on God, when we, when we pursue the presence of God, remember that God is huge, problems is small. You're not sm- serving a small God with your huge problems. So when we pray, do we pray from a place of fear or do we pray from a position of authority? Because scripture says we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. And it's not like this, oh, we are all powerful, and we are the conquerors, and the Christians is going to kill all the other people, you know, this like triumphant type of thing, because that's not really biblical. When we pray from our weakness, and when we pray from, with our fears right in front of us, and we say, but God, but those who wait upon God, but God, (laughs) the moment when you say, nevertheless, (laughs) yet, but God, isn't that amazing? (laughs) You know, going through this the the the, the steps there in Parliament, there was one of these MPs that I don't think is a Christian that walked with Um Angus and I and and two other guys. So we were going to the um, opposition side and just walked around for an hour or so with to all these people and and greeted them. And um and so as we were going, it's it's one of those moments, and I'm I'm not. I'm not idol worshiping or anything, but the one thing I appreciate from Angus is that he really loves people. And so this one guy was taking us through and this other police person and stuff. And so as we were going, he would greet everybody from the cleaners right through. Something I've learned that he's no respecter of people. He really loves people because he loves God. And um, at a stage, this one guy who's not a Christian, that took us to all, to all these people, he, he stopped and he said, this is quite an older gentleman, he turned to him, Angus and he, and he said, um, do you know you remind me of somebody that walked this, the, these corridors? Nelson Mandela. Because we would normally plan at least a half an hour extra to get to our destination because he'll greet everybody. And then he'll stop He'll look them in the eyes, he'll know their name, from the cleaners to the MPs, doesn't matter who it is. So it was always, the people that went with him, was, it was always the most crazy thing, is trying to get them from point A to B. Now I've traveled a lot with him, Angus, and that is the biggest stress ever. We had to leave parliament at four, we left at twenty to Five. But but see, when you we have the presence of God with you, you are aware of people around you because God loves people. <laughs> I remember being in, in England and we went to this uh, big church there. I'm running out of time, but uh, for the introduction. Um, <laughs> so we we're going now. We have to travel by train to this other place, and so so we we have this escape plan with Angus, three of us, and we've decided, okay, we've got 20 minutes to get out of this service, so he finished preaching five minutes before we had to leave, because we have to get the train to, get to go to, to Ireland. Well, first to Worcestershire and then to Ireland. And so we're going back in this little, this little back door. And so we're running past this back door. We're going out. And, as, and I'm, I'm in the front and, and um, two other guys at the back. And so as we're going, now we, we're going to be on time. And this one guy comes along and he grabs a hold of him, Angus' you know, shoulder. And he says, Angus, I'm living in sin. Would you please marry me? And, um, and he turns around and he says, what? He says, no, I'm, I'm, I've been living in sin for three years. Will you please marry me? But right now, I don't want to go back home to a lady that I can't call my wife. I am a Christian, but I, I need to re- I repent. I've repented to God today, so would you please marry me? My anger says, okay. Turn around. Here we go back into the auditorium. Everybody's starting to leave out. He says, people, people, there's somebody here that wants to get married Come back, come back. Okay, have you repented? Yes, I've repented. Where's your wife? Oh, okay, here comes the, where's oh, the lady? Come, lady. Okay, now first, propose to her. Okay, go on your knees. Okay, so now he has to propose. They're in front of everybody. So everybody comes back. Eventually, I think it was 16 couples got married that day. He says, Is there any rings? Then people would bring the, their rings, take off their rings of the fingers. All the men had to first repent of their sins and the ladies repented of their sins. Okay, now commit yourself to do marriage prep. The poor pastor there was running around like crazy, just trying to get everybody's names, you yeah? know. It was a whole wedding ceremony. Three hours later, Island in Sekanon, in its cupboard, in Sekas, with the whole program out of Sekas, you know. But you know, have you, have you noticed when the presence of God comes, and this is a point I'm trying to make, time is not an issue. You can be three hours in God's presence and it doesn't feel like five minutes. If you're religious, then that one hour is crazy. Oh, he's preaching too long, isn't a... <laughs> I must tell you this little joke. There was one guy, I come from a more traditional background. And this um, uncle one day, after an hour and ten minutes, the leader was still preaching. And he said, so where do we place the Old Testament prophets? Where do we? And he was talking about Haggai and the minor prophets and the big prophets. And this old uncle stood up. He says, so where is Gemeente? You know, people, where can we place these prophets? And this old woman, stood up, he says, uh, Sir, you can place him right here because I'm leaving you over time. And so he turned around and he walked out. <laughs> I thought, okay, you know, Lord, let my sermons never be boring. Romans 14 verse 17, lock the doors. <laughs> okay, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So the past couple of weeks we've been speaking about that, this Scripture, but it says righteousness is our right relationship with God. Peace. Spoke about Jesus on the boat. And once you're in that place with the Holy Spirit, you, you realize it's the presence of God that releases not just righteousness and peace, but a joy. A joy of knowing who God is. A joy of the fact that you and I are saved. And that to me is the measurement of how close we are to God, whether we have a joy of our salvation and whether, or whether we've lost that joy. Just the fact that you are free. Just the fact that God has bought you with the price. Or have we become bitter, old, negative Christians? I've been there. I've done that. I told you last week I watched the, the Passion of the Christ. I'm wrecked for days. This, it's just I'm sitting there and I'm all I'm thinking, you know the what is it the prologue, the introduction, the 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 lion hasn't even roared yet, you know they right at the beginning of the story and I'm already crying because I'm realizing I'm going to be wrecked. Now it's with a bunch of men so all the the tears are just running and running and running and the hay I just you know the one guy just said, oh the hay fever was quite tense last night. <laughs> I said no you cried <laughs> you know. <laughs> So wept like a baby, then I close my eyes and I no 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 don't snort now when you when you cry, just like and I'm all the time I'm thinking, Jesus, you did all of this for me. I was supposed to hang there. The fact that I'm free, that I'm saved, have you lost that, sir? Have you lost that lady? Or have you become so complicated? We've become so critical and so negative. But there's a joy in the Holy Spirit. There's a joy to wake up every day and say, I'm free. Nothing out there determines who I am, what my identity is. Nothing there can tell me now. So if somebody walks up there and say, Oh, you're a bad this or oh you're a this or oh, you're a negative, then I can say, hey, I'm free of your opinion, sir. Because I've been set free by the blood of Jesus. Sure. I wanna want you to give you some homework. I'm gonna preach on this tonight in Psalm forty six. And um, we're going to end with that and, and, and worship. And there's a there's a song that uh, Shane and Shane has written. And um, it's a it's a beautiful song. And you must go and read it, Psalm 46, the whole psalm. I'm not going to go. Maybe you can just jump to the fourth slide. We're not going to read the psalm. You must come to church tonight if you want to know the background of that. Just go on more, 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 more. Okay, it's the psalm of God, our refuge, and it's found in the context of Second Chronicles 20, where um, King Jehoshaphat was, um, you know, the king, the Jews were a very small nation, and all the Moabites, the Edomites, the Ammonites, they all conspired against the people of God. And um, these massive armies started to come against the people of God, and they were going to wipe them out. There was not one chance in a million that they could survive. And so King Jehoshaphat realized like, there's big trouble. And so in the context of the Jews now going out against these massive armies, what he does is he, is he puts the praise and the worshipers in front of the army. So here they're going on, I can just imagine the fear, I can imagine, oh, you are crazy. (laughs) But Jehoshaphat understood something that if we lift God up, if we worship him, then God will move, God will, the battle belongs to the Lord. We've sung many of those songs, but, so this psalm is written in five parts, but, um, First, our God in, as a present help of need, our God as a mighty fortress. And then triumphant faith. From that place of being with God and knowing who God is, faith begins to arise. And then the last part is, a, is, is very confident. And you, you must go and read this psalm, how it progresses. First, as being with God, and then it was written by the sons of Korah, um, as they were going up against these armies, and, and the story, you must go and read it. I'm going to just leave it with you. I'm not going to tell you the end, but it was, it was one of the most amazing breakthroughs that the people of God has ever seen. Even more than Moses in the Red Sea. And what has started to happen is complete confusion in the enemy's camp. Because the focus of these people were not the enemy. And when you read the psalm, you can understand something of the heart. Of the people of God as they were worshipping. God, you're our help. They weren't trying to like fade it out or anything like that. And then they said, God, we need to find our fortress in you. You are our strength. And then suddenly, in the presence of God, confidence begins to grow. See, a worldly confidence will not make it. God wants us to be confident as people, but not because we quote scriptures. Not because we are triumphant and overcoming and we've done so many great things. Confidence only comes out of the presence of God. And tonight I'm going to just dedicate this time just on this psalm and we're going to talk about it. We're going to read this story. One of the most amazing things. A story of the people of God that could worship him and if there ever there's a time when you may be over your family, maybe you for this nation, maybe you, if there's a lot of Zimbabweans here in church and Malawians, and there are, there are people that are undergoing a lot of, a lot of intense stress and anxiety and pain in our nation. If there's ever a Zimbabwean that I meet, then I ask, hey, how do you feel? What's happening? There are so many, there's I think more than 4 million Zimbabweans in South Africa. What a time for us to minister that there's a refuge. Life doesn't come from politicians that change. It comes when the people of God worship him. And that was why Friday was so significant. The first time since 1994. I don't think a meeting like that has ever happened Because we think, God, you must bring the breakthrough. But it only starts with true repentance. God, we're sorry. So first, everybody forgave each other. White people came up there and said, sorry people, sorry black people for this. There were so many tears. Black people came up and said, white people, we're sorry that we're trying to shove you out of this nation. There's a place for you. Indian people came to say this. There There was just so much repentance, almost three hours. And then in five minutes at the end, there was hope for the nation. <laughs> it's when we turn our hearts to God. Say, okay, God, you come and take up the throne. We've messed up, but now we know who you are. Will you stand with me this morning? I'm go- I actually want us to read this together as the band is coming up. Psalm 46. It's just a declaration this morning. Maybe over your family, maybe over your life, maybe if you don't have any trouble, like some students just have like 10 weeks of holiday. Three weeks, there will be three weeks in the holidays, you know. Think hallelujah. The Lord bless you with productivity and effectivity and no spirit of delay. We're going we're to just read this together. and um, Let's start there. God is our refuge. Let's all read it together. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore we will... Okay, is it a delayed reaction? Okay, let's, let's start. But hey, read it. This is the word of God. This is like scripture. And, and sometimes you just have to confess it over your life. Sometimes you just have to proclaim it over our nation. And this is, for some of us, we're doing it prophetically this morning. Amen. So, so put a bit of oomph, okay? Hey. Or ah, I don't know what you say, but it's just or Something, just put something into it, it. Okay. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling, Selah, there is a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. There is a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God. Okay, obviously we it; it's very important. The holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her just at the break of dawn. The nations raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Salah. Okay, even we'll say that like with an Australian accent. Go on. Okay. <laughs> Come behold the works of the Lord who has made desolations in the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. <laughs> Salah. Okay. You want to you just have like a, put that last word with a bit of an accent, okay? Now when we confess that, we also need to Repent. Because maybe there's some other things we're finding refuge in. Other little escapisms that we go into. Maybe it's your television. We have other little secret places and sometimes secret sins. When the tough time comes, do you run to that pornography or do you run to God? See, what is your refuge? In times of trouble, there's a people of God that's beginning to sing a song again. Don't let the devil rob you of your song. Church of Jesus, don't let the devil rob us of our songs. A song of the bridegroom and the bride, a song of deliverance, a song of victory a song of humility, a song of bringing our worth to God. See, when we sing here on a Sunday morning, it's not just nice things we do. We're not just singing to nice rhythms. We're lifting God up over this nation and over our lives. We're coming together in unity and there God commands a blessing. But we value the presence of God. Some of you must again go home and anoint your home and say, God, I want your manifest presence here. When those kids go out through the front door, take some oil, anoint them, say, God, I want your presence to go with them. Let them be aware of your presence. So that when you go into the world, all the glitter will shine. They will say, it. the other look straight at you and say, what's happened to you? Some of them will look away because they can Cannot withstand the light that you're shining as a Christian. Not because of nice words, not because of arguments, not because of your theology, but because of the manifest presence in your life. I remember one day walking here into the door after the whole night of just praying and having this massive burden. I didn't know what it was for. It was early. It was about 8 a.m., and there's one lady walked in. And the Lord just asked me, just before that, he said, are you hungry for my presence? Because there's going to be a group of people that they're going to just walk in without saying things. And, and because they've been in my presence, it's going to start to manifest. Like Smith Wigglesworth, he would stop at a train station and then hundreds of people will fall on their faces and they repent. Because Smith was just sitting reading his Bible in the train. You walk into a factory and then people would just like fall and repent. Not because of nice sermons. And as I walked in here, this lady just started, she fell to the ground and she started to manifest. And demons went out of her. Isn't that what happened when Jesus went to the other side and this man came running down? Say, What have we got to do with you, Son of the Most High God? It's not because of us, it's not because we have a ring. That people must kiss or a title behind our name, Mighty Christian, all that nonsense. It's only one. They've recognized that you've been with the king. You've walked in the corridors of heaven. You've called down heaven into your life, into your family, into your nation. And then wherever you go, in the Holy Spirit... You release the peace of God. You release the kingdom of God. You release the life of God. People will manifest. People will get set free. People will know that you've been with the King. Everything in this world is trying to draw us away from that. Trying to get you to distracted, to be busy, to run around. And it's now time for the people of God to seek the face of God. Seek the face of God. So Lord, we prayed this morning for our hunger and a thirst. We lay down every distraction, every lie, every condemnation, everything, Lord, that would hinder us from coming. But you said when we draw near to you, you draw near to us. I pray for your peace right now in people's lives that they haven't experienced for a long time. Holy Spirit, that you'll come like a glory cloud upon your people, upon us. That we will be still and know that he is God. your life on us today, Lord. Break every yoke of slavery. Restore to us the joy of our salvation. In your right hand, Lord, there are pleasures forevermore. Thank you, God. Thank you that the blood of Jesus cleanses our consciences. Thank you that you give us a freedom to be righteous, to know your peace, to know your joy. Lord, remove all fear from us, so that we only fear you, Lord. We repent of familiarity. We repent of distractions. Repent of the lies that we believe that you're not good or that you will not manifest yourself. We want to be a generation of Jacob worshippers that seek your face. That go up into the heel of the Lord with clean hands and pure hearts and we've not lifted our soul to an idol. And We can say open up the gates for the King of Glory wants to come in. Who is this King of Glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Open up your gates. Open up your gates over this nation, over our families, over this town. Open up your gates for the King of Glory wants to come in. Who is this King of Glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Thank you for your voice that goes forth through our families, through our relationships, through our lives, Lord. Oh, let me be still and know that you are God. Let this nation be still and know that he is God. Lord, there's some people's knees that are tired. They've gone through the wilderness. They've walked through the path of destruction. They've walked through the valley of the shadow of death. And this morning, you're calling them back. You're calling them back, Lord. Psalm 23, to be at the waters where you feed our souls bestow soul Lord where there's living waters again Lord to drink Lord we lay down our emarchies Lord we lay down our containers that we carry on so so heavily Lord and we say yes God there's a river that's flowing from underneath your throne times of refreshing Lord I pray in this time that we'll be refreshed <laughs> we repent of drinking fuzzy drinks cold drinks with lots of sugar that gives us a rush but it's not living waters repent of Lord having a sugar rush in your kingdom but we want living waters we want your fresh water to flood us to fill us to overflow us hallelujah if you need to be
0: thank you for listening